getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com/rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Hey, we are live. We're going to let this stream breathe just for a minute. Make sure it's nice and steady for our awesome listeners who have been very patient these last two days waiting for us to hop on. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, my partner in crime. You know him. You love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, you know, it's kind of been quiet the last few days, a little bit of talk, a little bit of speculation, but Monday morning, man, we woke up to a relative bombshell from Albert Breer of SI who said, who reported on... uh, the Denver Broncos' interest in perhaps trading up to not take a wide receiver, but Zach to take a offensive tackle, and we'll we'll I'll read the quote here in a second. But what was your gut reaction? Is it smoke? Is it fire? What are your thoughts? <laughs> Awfully smoky in here, Chad. I'm not buying that trade up rumor for a tackle in the least. I've not really been a big proponent on conspiracy theories or buying into peak lying season right now, but this is one leak to the media where I think Elway is trying to get teams ahead of him to take those tackles so one of the receivers falls into their lap. They do need offensive line help. It's something that you and I have both been drilling down on for multiple podcasts now. I'm just not willing to trade up for a tackle when you still have two starters. You do not have a wide receiver too. You do not have a center. You need those two positions filled before you look for backups. I don't think they would move up for a tackle. they move up for a wide receiver. They would take a tackle at 15. I just don't buy the trade up for that position. Let me read the quote here really quick from Breer himself. Here's what he said today. Quote, okay, so who is looking at trading up? Three teams that seem to be investigating it pretty pointedly. Tampa, Denver, and Atlanta. The Bucks and Broncos, I've heard, could be going up for one of the four uh, top linemen, Becton, Mackie, uh, Mackie Becton, Jedrick Wills, Tristan Wirfs, and Andrew Thomas, making Jacksonville's slot at number nine a potential hot spot given the needs the Browns and Jets have at 10 and 11. 
it's not as clear what the Falcons would be pursuing in a trade-up, though GM Thomas Dimitrov has always, in the past, been more proactive than most in looking at the option of trading up, close quote. So you've got Becton, you've got Wills, you've got Wirfs, and you've got Thomas all being weaved into this potential trade-up. Oh, man, if you, I can only imagine what the cost of such a trade, Zach, would be. And maybe I could be convinced that Wirfs would be worth it. You could maybe convince me of that. But it would really come down to the cost of, of executing that business. That, that'd be a high price to pay for even a, ta- a tackle as talented as Tristan Wirfs. Yeah, he is the guy among the big three so tackles that I would be willing to take over a wide receiver. But you just can't sacrifice the draft capital, Chad, when you have other needs that need to be filled elsewhere. And Breer never specified how far the Broncos want to come up. It's from moving from 15 to 13. That's different than moving from 15 to 7 or 8. So if they want to give up a fourth-round pick or maybe one third-round pick to move up and secure their tackle, I can see that. But to sell the farm or most of the third-rounders for a tackle in the top 10, I don't see that happening. If there's anyone they move up for, I still hold true to that being a wide receiver. I just think they're willing to give Bowles one more chance. They have Juwan James hopefully healthy this year. They don't have that speech for wide receiver. Address the offensive line, second round, third round, fourth round, every round after that, just do not trade up for a tackle. If one falls into your lap, great. Don't sacrifice the capital necessary to make that move. Speaking of wide receivers, there was some other buzz that kind of came out that somewhat, I wouldn't say totally conflicted with Breer's report, but uh, a little bit, a little bit as it relates to wide receivers. I want to grab that in just one second. First, guys, and then we're going to get to your questions and your super chats that are stacking up. First, though, a couple of quick matters of business. Make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter. At Huddle Up Pod, it is simply the best way for you to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with our show in real time. And while you're at it, make sure you also follow the main account at Mile High Huddle for breaking Broncos news and analysis in real time. Take care of that business. And then also, if you're listening to this as a podcast after the fact, be sure to leave us a creative review on Apple Podcasts. And it's another organic, simple way that you can help grow the show, support the cause. And also, for those of you watching this currently live, whether you're on YouTube, Periscope, Facebook, wherever you're watching this, a simple way to help support the cause, make sure you like this video. Do it right now. It's an easy way to help support the cause. And if you like what we're doing, share this video out. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. 
Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, Zach, let me grab this super, and then I want to discuss another little piece of uh, buzz that came out this morning from Bronx legend jumping in with the $5 super. Appreciate you, my brother. He says, so if we trade up into the top 10 and Isaiah Simmons is on that board, do you honestly think they're going O-line over Simmons? Getting back to the Breer thing, Zach, he talked about nine being the hot spot, pick nine, okay? I really don't think Simmons is going to be on the board by nine, but just assuming he is, just for the sake of Bronx legend's <clears throat> question here, I don't think the Broncos would look that, <clears throat> excuse me, gift horse in the mouth. I think they would take Simmons in that scenario. I think they would consider Simmons, but they also have to consider they have no backup swing tackle, no developmental guy. They're they're one snap away from losing Garrett Bowles. And then who's the backup tackle, Chad? Jake Rogers? That's terrifying on Drew Locke's blind side. They don't have a center. They don't have a wide receiver, too. Unless Simmons falls to the 10-11 range, and like you just said, it's not going to happen, the Broncos will pick up the phone, but they have to weigh adding a luxury player to an already stacked defense or taking the best available lineman or wide receiver and helping your young franchise quarterback. Simmons is great, but you still have to prioritize the needs before you move on to picking for you know luxury. Tony says the new CBS Sports mock draft was an absolute joke. And let me tell you how much that breaks Zach and my heart to hear CBS's content be disparaged in the, in the fan base. I, uh, I'm just teasing, of course. But, Zach, another little piece of news as I sc- scroll back up through the chat stream and make sure uh, we don't miss a super chat from Logan here jumping in. $4 super. Appreciate you, my friend. Uh, Dane Brugler of The Athletic, kind of their lead draft guy, he put out his latest mock. You know, Mondays during the pre-draft season, especially the closer you get, is typically when sites produce their mock draft for the week, and it's no different for The Athletic and Dane Brugler. And in his pick, Zach, he had the Broncos taking um, Jerry Judy at pick 15, but then he let slip a couple of little nuggets in terms of context that didn't have anything to do with Judy. Here's what he said, quote, the Broncos are looking for another playmaker opposite Cortland Sutton. And I hear they really like CD lamb and Denzel Mims, but they also really like Jerry Judy with his break and balance skills to uncover at will uh, mid route close quote. So they like all three of those receivers. They like Judy, they like lamb, they like Mims, which is interesting. It provides context. But, Zach, I think it's safe to say in terms of reading into this, when you look at an NFL front office and ask the GM, the director of player personnel, the head coach, they probably really like almost every player that ends up going in the first round. That doesn't necessarily mean they're a target or even ranked that high on a board. It's all relative. 
It's like the analogy I gave, though, about looking for horoscopes, Chad. You don't just read one and then form a consensus around that. You look for 15 or 20 of them, at least I do, and then I look for a common denominator, the common theme throughout the entire you know, central message of what you're trying to get and what you're trying to glean. And the central message from the Broncos is they want a wide receiver. They've been linked to every top wide receiver on in the free agent draft class. They ignored the position entirely in free agency. They need that number two guy. And whether it's a Mims, whether it's a Judy, a Ruggs, a Jefferson, whoever else, we do not know the name yet, but we know the position the Broncos are targeting. That's why I believe it's not a smokescreen. They need the guy. There's guys that are going to be there at 15 more than likely. And they have – it's the perfect draft class to take advantage of that. So we know they will have a wide receiver. We just don't know who that will be just yet. One of our Super Chat superstars jumping in, George with a $20 Super. Appreciate you, my friend. Awesome. He says, I would love to make a splash and trade up. We can get our wide receiver too in the second round. Hashtag state of being here in upstate New York. Good to hear, George. I didn't. I don't think I realized you were in upstate New York, but that is cool, man. Proving that it's not a geographic location. Broncos country is a state of being. You know, I think uh, George is kind of sharing my perspective on this. Depending on the cost, I would be okay with the Broncos uh, taking on offensive tackle, even if it meant moving up a few spots, depending on the cost, in the first round, and then grabbing a wide receiver in round two. In fact, today I published my one and only. I do only one every year. I let the draft experts do most of the mocking throughout the pre-draft season. I released my one and only seven round mock draft today. You guys can go check that out. Maybe Zach and I can talk about it on another podcast. But um, in that mock draft, I took Tristan Wirfs at pick 15. And then in round two, I didn't take a wide receiver. I took a cornerback, Jalen Johnson from Utah. And then round three, I ended up taking LaVisca Chenault. Now that's just the way I see it. George would prefer to get a wide receiver to in the second round. And there are a few options that ostensibly could be there, including Denzel Mims, who, according to Brugler, the Broncos do like. See, this is where I waffle. On one hand, if, if Wirfs falls into my lap at 15, I'm thinking really, really long and hard about taking him, regardless of who's on the board or wide receiver. But then if you pass up, if, if Ruggs is on the board or Judy's on the board and you don't take him, then you're running the risk of the best receiver being left in the second round, Chad, is Jalen Rager, who I, I think has giant bust potential. So it's all a matter of opinion. It's all subjective. I happen to believe a ton of these wide receivers will be going in the first round. So if you want them, you're going to have to pull the trigger early. I would not chance losing up a Henry Ruggs to go and then settle for a LaVisca Chenault who brings too much injury baggage to the table. It's just a matter of opinion. I'd rather get that guy for Drew Locke early and then gamble and wait till later when the, the talent level just decreases significantly. Anthony jumping in with a $2 super. Appreciate you, my friend. Becoming a real superstar on Super Chat. Appreciate that. He says, best place to go for all things Broncos, Denver Broncos for life. That uh, That's awesome, Zach. That's really cool. And uh, I don't think we dispute that, Chad, but it's cool to see that. Uh, we love hearing that. We love yeah. hearing that. And, you know, honestly, too, guys, one thing I probably shouldn't bother. I don't want to bog down the podcast, but I had a few listeners reach out to me. And for what it's worth, Yesterday, those of you that were watching the live stream, I made a joke about the the handle of one of our Super Chat superstars at the end of the podcast. Liberal Hater is his name, and I made a joke about that. Guys, I was only making – that was a joke. It, it's This isn't a political podcast. Zach and I, look, we're human beings. We have our own political leanings, but we're not about to try and weave that into this podcast. We're simply making a joke because we've received a lot of pushback for what we did a couple weeks ago during what's going around in our nation right now. We – 
with our super chat superstars and the and the channel we made a, a pretty sizable donation to a foundation to support the cause and since then at different times we've expressed optimism and we've had people try and come at us with shade saying that we are our optimism is bordering on um irresponsibility and just ridiculous things like that and so i was just making a joke at the end and and that's all it was so for what it's worth let me put that to bed. This is not a political podcast. We're not making any kind of political statements or anything. Let's grab Stu. Jumping in from Mount Rushmore, MHH, Stu with a $25 super. Thank you so much, Stu. You know, we appreciate you, my brother. He says, the draft is going to be very interesting. Can't start soon enough. Go Broncos. Thank you, Stu. And Zach, it, I mean, it's going to be here next week. And this is going to be a very hectic draft for the Broncos, and I say that in a good way. Elway will be busy making trades as early as round one, I feel. They're going to be on the phone flipping those picks. We're going to get a lot of action, Chad, coming out of Denver uh, next week. Derek jumping in with a $10 super. Appreciate that, Derek. If you're on Twitter, let me know what your handle is. Reach out on Twitter. Let me know who you are and uh, so we can tag you after the fact from Huddle Up Pod. He says, so much value in trading back could have Mims and Ezra Cleveland. Ezra Cleveland is an interesting offensive tackle prospect from Boise State. I know that Eric Trickle likes him quite a bit, but he's probably going to need a little time to marinate. And that's fine because, as you mentioned earlier in the podcast, Zach, the Broncos have a starting duo um, in Garrett Bowles and Juwan James. They can get by. But one of the re- in 2020, but one of the reasons I like Tristan Wirfs as an option in round one, for example, is that he could contribute right away. Yeah, he'd be for the future. You wouldn't have to pick up Bowles' fifth-year option. He could be the starting left tackle in 2021. But in 2020, a guy like Wirfs could start at right guard. You get Graham Glasgow to start at center, and you have a very formidable starting five, roaring, ready to go. But still, I, Derek's point here about trading back, grabbing a guy like Mims, grabbing a guy like Ezra Cleveland. Those are some of the options that would be available to you if you did execute a trade back. See, that's that was the key word there, Chad. That's one of the options the Broncos have. And I prefer the Broncos go to the other end of the spectrum. I want them to move back up in the first round. So take a Ruggs or a Judy at 15, and then move back up into the first for someone like Cushenberry. Then you're getting your starting wide receiver and your starting center, and you still have other capital to play around with. I am not a fan of trading for the sake of trading back or forward. But in this draft class, Chad, all the smoke signals are, are saying the Broncos are going to be aggressive in getting their guy. I do not envision Elway trading back this year. If anything, they're going to go up. And I think that's the right approach. If you have a guy you love, go out and get him. Cody on Facebook says, is it fair to believe that Henry Ruggs will be the first receiver off the board because of the deserved hype after the combine where he ran in the four twos in, the, in his 40-yard dash? Is that fair to believe? Depends on uh, the hype that uh, – you know, what hype you subscribe to. He has picked up a lot of steam and going into the combine, he was probably most commonly considered to be the third best wideout in this class behind Judy and CD lamb. But since the combine on many draft Knicks boards, he's now number one. So it's one of those beauty being in the eye of the beholder things. Zach. Yeah. I mean, it's, it all comes down to every person's opinion on Henry Ruggs. Some see John Ross, so he wouldn't be the wide receiver one in this draft class. Others see Tyreek Hill, and he probably beat Ruggs being the number one receiver in this draft class. I happen to believe that he is. He's not just a fast guy. He can catch. He can run the full route tree. He has the production to show for it. There's limited bust potential, in my opinion, with Henry Ruggs. So I'm comfortable saying he is the wide receiver one in this draft class, but it's a close second after him between Lamb and uh, Jerry Judy. 
This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. I agree. Comparing him to example to past combine stars that flamed out like John Ross and Darius Hayward Bay, who could run really fast in a straight line, great track stars, but not great football players. I don't think those comparisons are fair for Henry Ruggs in any way, shape or form. He's legit. Zachary's web design jumping in with a $10 super. Appreciate that, my friend. If you do have a Twitter account, be sure to reach out and let me know what uh, your handle is so that we can tag you after the show. It says, would you be okay with trading up for rugs or get capital of trading some third round picks for a pick between 15 and 46, which hashtag Denver Broncos for life. So in that scenario, I would be a lot more inclined to use some third rounders to move, to take someone at 15 and then use some third rounders to move up and get someone, you know, back end of the first early second and still take your 40, you know, still use your 46, uh, 46th pick to make a selection. I like that more than trading up for rugs. You know, maybe as far as pick 11 is probably the farthest, just knowing what it would probably cost to go beyond that, that I'd be comfortable trading up to take rugs or any wide receiver in this class. That's just me though. This is how far I'd go. What it would take for one third round draft pick, whatever the Broncos can get, however, however high they can go, only surrendering one third round pick is how high I would go for a receiver in a historically stacked draft class, Chad. So if they can get to 12 with only one third round pick as, as capital, as ammunition, fine. Anything more than that, no. I'm holding on to them moving back up earlier in the second round or back up into the first round and letting those players fall to me. James Campbell, friend of the show and a Super Chat superstar, jumping in from across the pond, a 20-pound donation. Thank you, James. You know, we appreciate you, my friend. He says, I have drawn comparisons between Locke and Prescott and Elliott with the current situation. Called off this his throwing sessions with his wide receivers. Still hungry, mature beyond his years. Love his intangibles. Hashtag, that's my QB. Hashtag, PS, trade up, get rugs. So comparing Locke to the Prescott and Elliott with the current situation, of course, not using the buzzwords that uh, could possibly derail this podcast on social media. Your thoughts on what James has to say there, Zach? I mean, in a sense, I hope that Locke isn't like Dak Prescott. He's generating a ton of bad press right now between hosting 30 
person dinner parties and going out and having throwing sessions. I think Locke is, as far as I know, Chad, he's keeping out of the public uh, vision. He's he's quarantining himself. I don't I don't know if that's a buzzword or not, but I'll uh, I'll we're okay. Yeah, I think we're good. But I don't see Locke in the same boat as him. And I, I like what he's doing. He's calling Peyton Manning by phone. He's not doing anything out in public. I mean, from what we know, Locke is doing everything that he should be doing right now, unlike Dak. Yeah, I mean, he talked about being socially, you know, he wants to be socially responsible, which is why, as James intimated there in that comment, that, you know, he had to temporarily, hopefully it's temporarily, call off the throwing sessions that he had planned this offseason. And, you know, who knows? We'll see how the schedule ends up ultimately unfolding for the NFL in the wake of things eventually opening back up. And we still don't know yet how that's going to look. We still don't know yet exactly what the timetable is going to be for things opening back up. But as it relates to sports, there's a chance that it might delay some dates on the NFL schedule. And if that's the case, Drew Locke might still get a chance to organize some offseason throwing sessions before OTAs or before even training camp, but only time will tell. Let's grab, but we're loving what we're seeing from Locke. And I agree with you, James, that he's showing a lot of things that make you go, yeah, you know, this, he's, he's, he's wearing the mantle of a franchise guy well so far. Larry jumping in, $2 super chat. Appreciate you, my friend. What are y'all's thoughts on Mecky Becton? And this is an appropriate question, Zach, because Becton, of course, is one of those top four offensive tackles. And if Albert Breer's bombshell this morning turns out to be more fire than it is smoke, Becton is one of those options on the menu for the Denver Broncos and a potential target for trading up. My personal opinion on Becton is that he is a phenomenal, not quite, in my opinion, as good as Tristan Wirfs in terms of athletic upside, but not far behind him, to be honest with you. He would represent a significant upgrade over what the Broncos have in Bulls. And, you know, if you take away Zach Garrett Bulls' uh, discipline issues, lack of football IQ, and just his his overall lapses in that sense, athletically, he's a, he's a very gifted and talented player. But as we've seen before, I mean, intangible traits have a measurable effect on on-field performance. Hence Garrett Bowles leading the league these past three seasons, basically in, in penalties. So replacing him with a guy like Mackie Becton, not only are you going to stamp out the majority of those holding penalties. I mean, no tackle is very few tackles ever go through a, a season without garnering at least one uh, penalty, but Mackie Becton would be a significant upgrade at left tackle. My only thing with taking him is, I'm not sure he'd be a great interior guy. I'm not saying he wouldn't be, but like if you had to get by for one year with Bowles also on the roster and Juwan James, is Beckton just taking a back seat? Because you want your first round pick, if possible, this year to be able to play and make an impact because you got to move the needle. You're trying to get back into the playoffs and taking a guy in the first round who doesn't see the field is not the most conducive way to making that happen. If you take away all of Bulls' negative traits, Chad, he's a pretty good player. So we should have that. Uh, the thing with Beckton for me, he's a little much of a project, in my opinion. He, he's a little too Garrett Bulls' for me to gamble the first-round pick on, certainly not to trade up for. Like any other tackle in this draft class, I'm not moving up in the first-round form. If he's there at 15 and the receivers are off the board, I consider it, but I'm not surrendering capital on who wouldn't be the top tackle in this draft class. Worst to me, Chad, is a lot better. He's more of a safer pick. He's a, a more complete blocker, more complete lineman. I take him night and day before I take Becton. If he falls into 15, I'm considering it. Not moving up for the guy, though. King Hicks jumping in with a $2 super chat. Appreciate that, my friend. Becoming one of our super chat superstars, in fact. He says, 
I was taught playing peewee football, speed kills. And it's true. I mean, and that's an element that the Broncos offense, at least at wide receiver, is really lacking because as dynamic as Cortland Sutton is, he's a 4-5 or five guy. And 20 years ago, 4-5 was phenomenal speed at the wide receiver position. Nowadays, it's a, I mean, it's still passable. It's still acceptable. It's, you know, you're not, if you run a 4-5 at the combine, no NFL team is going to write you off the big board, but it's no 4-3, you know, we're, we're talking about 4-3s and 4-2s for like the fastest wide receivers in the league now. You can't teach speed, and I know it's a cliche, and it's not the determining factor in a wide receiver, but I will say this. In a worst-case scenario, you put Henry Ruggs in this offense. Let's say he doesn't catch passes. He's still drawing coverage away from Cortland Sutton. He's drawing coverage away from Noah Fant, from Phillip Lindsay, from Melvin Gordon. He would be, in a worst-case scenario, which he won't just be, a decoy. So you have to have speed in this offense. A couple years ago, the big buzzword was juice coming out of Dove Valley. The Broncos wanted juice on offense. They tried with Carlos Henderson. That didn't work out. Isaiah McKenzie. This would be the juice. This is a whole bottle of high C the Broncos need right now, and you have to put him in this offense. If he could do nothing more than run fast, Chad, he would benefit Denver and Drew Luck. All right. I'm just taking a quick check because the comment stream did one of the jumps, and I just want to make sure I'm not missing anybody. We went from Larry to King Hicks. And it did skip, it looks like, maybe two Super Chats, one from a good buddy of ours. Let me go ahead and put his comment up on the screen really quick. Bear with me one second, you guys. My friend Brian, jumping in. Brian, I'm I'm sorry I can't show your card, but this is the next best thing, and we do appreciate that $2 Super. He says – my fellas, hope you're good. Chad, did you ever get my mock? Uh, I I got the message earlier. I have not looked at it yet. I apologize. I had to go get some dental stuff done on one of my teeth that busted off while I was chewing something over the weekend. So I've kind of been a little bit more consumed today than I normally would be, but I will definitely be checking that out soon. You know that and appreciate the donation. Um, let's see what else we got here. Yeah, I mean, what's up, Glenn? Can't joke now? Come on, guys. We need to lighten up. Everyone's so tense, and I understand it, but we need to lighten up a little bit. Larry, jumping in. $2 super. Appreciate that, Larry. He says, can't afford a lot. Go Broncos. Hashtag state of being in Texas. Don't worry about it, dude. And that's the thing, guys. On Super Chat, if you're in a position, great. We're never going to ask you to do it. Just listening, participating in the conversation. You guys know that that's what matters the most to Zach and myself. And let's grab Bryce here as well, jumping in. Very serious uh, super chat. Thank you, Bryce. Let us know what your Twitter handle is, please, so that we can not only follow you back, but give you some uh, some love after the fact and tag you. He says, I'm new here, and my real name is Jimmy. Oh, okay, Jimmy. What if we got a wide receiver at 15 and then traded up for Ruiz? Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. That's an interesting question, Zach, because – while I was using a simulator to put together that seven-round mock that I published today, my one and only of this year, um, Ruiz was one of the odd first-round guys that plummeted well into the second. And I don't really understand that, but who knows? Maybe maybe he does end up taking a tumble. If you're the Denver Broncos sitting at pick 46, you do still ostensibly need a starting center. You trade one of those, two of those third-round picks, maybe we'll see what it would take, but you jump back up late second, first, or, you know, or uh, early second, late first, grab Ruiz. Ruiz would be a phenomenal player in this in this offense. 
you guys know my preferred scenario. That's Ruggs at 15 and then moving up or, or getting a starting center with the second pick the Broncos make. Ruiz would fit the bill. I prefer Cushionberry over Ruiz, but I would not cry. The thing is, though, I've heard Dallas loves Ruiz at 17. They might move back a few spots again, but they love him as a first-round pick. So if the Broncos want him, either have to take him at 15, which they won't, or hope Dallas passes on him at 17 or sometime in the 20s. Jeff jumping in, super chat superstar, bona fide, with a $5 super. Appreciate you, Jeff. He says, what's your take on Locke's suffering if OTAs in the offseason training is hindered? Moreover, with a new offensive coordinator and a new quarterback's coach, a second-year quarterback, it could have an impact. And it's possible. I mean, all bets are off at this stage just because we don't know for sure how this schedule is going to play out. But I'll take what Vic Fangio has said on this subject as a little bit closer to whether or not we should worry about it. And that is that he said, look, with what's going on, we're not going to use the buzzwords, but what's going on right now and has shut everything down, there is a precedent for it in the recent NFL history, and that was the 2011 lockout. For those of you who can think back to that year when the players' union and the owners were battling over the new CBA, and the owners locked them out until they came to an accord. Training camp got started really late. Basically, OTAs and the whole nine yards were missed. That was the year Tim Tebow came out of nowhere replacing Kyle Orton and led the Broncos to the playoffs. So Fangio's not too worried about it at this stage, but Zach, it's something we have to hope. This is one of the reasons why we're all hoping this thing gets figured out sooner than later. So that something like this, as it relates for Drew Locke, he gets as much opportunity to rep with his receivers and get this new offense as assimilated as possible. But you can believe, and this is something he's talked about uh, where he's, where he's currently holed up with his parents in, uh, in Missouri right now. He's spending a lot of time every night. He's breaking down film from the New York Giants these last two years where Shermer, of course, it was his offense being operated there with Mike Shula. And he's, you know, he's breaking it down. He's learning the play calls. We know from last year, I mean, even if it means standing in the mirror, looking at himself and reading off the play calls, he's going to do what it's going to require from a mental perspective, Zach. But you still need those those physical reps. I'm not going to say it's a good thing. I mean, there's, it's really not a great uh, development for the NFL, a, a second-year, first-year starter like Drew Locke. But the thing is with him, you know he's zooming his wide receivers. You know, like you just said, Chad, he's diving into film. You know he's staying sharp. If this was Paxton Lynch or Osweiler or Case Keenum, this would be a bigger story. This would impact them more. Someone like Drew Locke I have more confidence in. And like I mentioned before, the most important thing is he gets those reps in training camp. There's no quarterback competition. There's no splitting him. The first string reps, he gets them all. And that's where he forms the chemistry in the preseason. Come September, I don't worry about him. Also, let's consider the fact Every NFL team right now, Chad, there's no offseason program anywhere. So we're all, every team is on a level playing field, so to speak. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, 
the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. That's true. Good point. Buana B says, no matter what, <clears throat> we need a center in round one, rounds one through three. And Buana, I don't know if you checked out that seven round mock that I published today, but the center I ended up taking was in the third round, one of the three third round picks. I didn't do any trades in this mock. It was just a straight forward. Ten selections were made. The center I took in the third round was Nick Harris from Washington. So I agree with you. I think it's a priority. I'm not comfortable at this stage. Um, just rolling with Patrick Morris as the option. In my mock, I, of course, I took Tristan Wirfs in the first round. And in that case, he's going to play right guard in 2020. So Harris was going to sit anyway. But he's still a better option than Patrick Morris, in my opinion, at this stage. Even though, you know, Harris, he's a little bit undersized. He's a cerebral player for being an offensive attack or a center. But he's more zone blocking is probably his forte, which might not make him the best fit for the Broncos because they're going to kind of run a little bit of a hybrid. So, We'll see how that shakes out. But, Zach, you're still high on uh, Ruiz. Yeah, or Christian Barry. I just think they can't wait at the position. And even if you're high on Patrick Morris, you're one snap away from losing Morris, and then who's your center? Reisner? They literally don't have the backup right now. So the third round is absolute latest. I prefer the earlier the better. My best-case scenario, again, is someone like Ruggs, and then double-dipping in the first or early second round with Christian Barry or Ruiz. Let's grab Nico here on Facebook. He says, would you be upset if the Broncos go wide receiver with their first two picks? I would love to see the Broncos draft C.D. Lamb and uh, LaVisca Chenault from Colorado. Broncos for life from Connecticut. Very cool. Zach, this is something that has been, I don't know, spitballed by Benjamin Albright way back. I might have been late January. He said, don't be surprised if the Broncos double up early on wide receiver. I mean, early could be first and third round, second and fourth round. They just can't – it'd be irresponsible to me to take wide receiver back-to-back when you need, again, a starting center, you need a safety, a defensive lineman, inside linebacker, cornerback. There's needs all over the place. It's not just at wide receiver. If you get Ruggs at 15 or Lamb or or Jerry Judy, you're good. You can take one in later rounds. You just cannot double up. You have to make those picks count in the top 100. Anthony jumping back in with a $5 super. We thank you, my friend. Appreciate you. Says realistically, how far up, if any, do you see Denver moving, and what will it cost us? And who will he looking? You know, who is he looking for with that pick? Hashtag Mile High Pride. How far up do you see if Denver moves? Well, going going back to that Breer uh, bombshell from early today, he's kind of circled that pick nine as the hot spot where teams are trying to get to. Basically, so I would imagine pick nine you're probably going to give up a couple of third round picks at at least probably two third round picks Zach to get up to that point and I'm just not sure there's an offensive tackle worth that and if there is for me it would be it would end up being worse 
especially because the team at nine is going to know now it has all this trade interest and they're going to want a King's ransom. They hold all the leverage in a trade. It's going to cost two third round picks and then some, and I'm not willing to do that, Chad. As much as I like rugs, as much as I like Simmons, you need to let the board fall to you. So I think if the Broncos do make a trade, they'll let the board play out to nine or 10 and then see who's left and who they can go up and get. Two third round picks would be the absolute most I'd be willing to surrender. And even then, I don't think in this draft class, being so top-heavy in certain spots, you make that trade. Yeah, there's so much depth at different positions in this class. This is one of those, you know, and that you really want to try and get as many of those, especially those five picks in the top 100 the Broncos have. Starters. Elway has never had five picks in the top 100 as a as a draft star. I personally doubt that he ends up making all five picks. I think he will make some, some kind of a trade, whether it's up. We'll see how it ends up working. Up in what round, I guess, is what I meant to say. We'll see how it shakes out, but – because there's so much depth at wide receiver, Zach, because there's so much depth at cornerback, there's so much depth even at offensive line, depending on exactly what your needs are. This is a really fortuitous draft to be kind of chock full of selections. And, you know, this is a team that's still one really good draft haul away from completing a rebuild. So you want to get as many of those picks in as possible and flood this roster with one more highly impactful draft class. And JT jumping in with a $2 super JT music. Very cool. A musician we have here, Zach. Appreciate that super chat. He says, going to regret not going wide receiver uh, if Regor or Ayuk not in the second. Going to regret not going wide receiver if Regor or Ayuk is not the pick in the second. Translate for me, Zach. I want, I, you're, you're better at this than me. You use the contextual clues. I'm kind of lost. I feel like the Broncos are going to regret not taking Ayuk or Rager in the second round if they don't go receiver at 15. I, I guess that might be the question. And I kind of agree because the Broncos, they need a wide receiver. They need a body there. Um, again, Chad probably will agree with me. I, I see a lot of bust potential with Rager. He's not my top wide receiver. He's probably a wide receiver six to me in this draft class. I take Mims or Justin Jefferson before I take Rager. I'm inclined to agree just because you hate how – how much his combine performance, even though there's an explanation for it, how much it deviated from the player he is on tape. You know, why he, he put on all that weight and that certainly affected him as the reason why he his combine was not great. But you don't like seeing those disconnects. Whoever was advising him to put on those additional 10 or 12 pounds, Rager, that was extremely poor advice. And it cost him possibly going in the first round. We'll see where it ends up shaking out for him. But yeah, he's one of those guys you just got to be really careful if you're a team. You don't want to take him in the first round, even if you think he's, you know, the, the, the whole combine snafu was just a temporary setback. You want to be careful with Jalen Rager. George, jumping back in, super chat superstar. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, I've been a Broncos fan since Craig Morton was our QB. Elway and the Manning eras were great, but I may be more excited for this new lock era. I look for great things over the next 10 years or so. And Zach, this is a good example of, again, what the national people, we talked about this yesterday, what a lot of these national people missed in that five-game audition that they basically, you know, rationalize as just not being enough to make any kind of, you know, evaluation on Drew Locke at all, which to me is complete BS. You might not be able to make overarching for sure, analyses and evaluation on Drew Locke based on five games. But we did learn a heck of a lot about him, especially compared to what we knew about Drew Locke the day he was drafted by the Denver Broncos compared to where he finished his rookie year. But, yeah, this is an exciting time, I think, for all Broncos fans. 
Yeah, well said, Chad. I want to just add that we weren't getting these messages a year ago about Joe Flacco, the year before that about Case Keenum. It's nice to see hope in Broncos country right now because Broncos fans and the Broncos organization has been deprived of a true franchise quarterback for so long now, and it's just so refreshing considering the all the failures we've been dealt recently and all the, the struggles we've had to overcome at the position to see someone like Drew Locke take the reins. It's very refreshing, and it is exciting. The Broncos have wandered the QB desert for four long years now, and they're finally – they found the oasis, and they got – they can wet their whistle, and, you know, they're out of the sun. So this is a good opportunity, and let's – I think that's why for John Elway and company, it's so important to capitalize on this, not only because he's a cost-controlled quarterback for three more years on his rookie deal, but because you're you're this close from completing this rebuild and putting yourself, as Elway said in his end-of-season presser, this is a team that has bounced off the bottom. Now they're ricocheting back upward. It's a question of how far can you carry that momentum up, and that's why you need one more really solid draft class. Noel jumping in on uh, Facebook says, speed at wide receiver matters. When Will Fuller plays for Houston, they score seven points per game more. Even the bust John Ross, when he plays with the Bengals, averaged four points per game more. Rugs is better than both. Speed forces defenses to play different. Yep. And that's an excellent point, Noel. And it's something that I think is driving the Broncos in this particular class. They're going to get a fast wide receiver. We just don't yet know exactly when and where in the draft that's going to take place. And when you have a player who runs the speed, he runs in 25% of his touches, Chad, go for touchdowns and Henry Ruggs. I mean, how do you look that guy and see a bust? It's It takes more than just speed, but he has it in spades. He has I think every franchise wide receiver quality you want at that position, I just think he's a pretty safe pick considering what the Broncos need with someone like Drew Locke. W.E. jumping in with a $5 super. Appreciate you. And you're new as far as I can see to Super Chat. If you are on Twitter, please reach out and let me know what your handle is so we can tag you after the show. W.E. says, is Ruggs a smokescreen for us to move up and get a top tackle? I think the Broncos are targeting Justin Jefferson at 46. It could be a smokescreen. You know, at this point, I'm a little bit more inclined to believe the hype that the Broncos are more focused on a wide receiver than they are like the Breer report today, trading up for a tackle. I just think there's been too much smoke for there not to be some fire at the wide receiver position for this team. I mean, even John Elway, look, he tries to be the football spy. He tries to kind of do football espionage each year. But he's just not that good at it. He just he sometimes just lets things slip and and kind of lays his cards on the table. For example, one of the worst kept secrets of the last draft season last year was his infatuation with Drew Locke. And even though he didn't take him in round one, he still landed Drew Locke, which was a surprise to nobody, Zach. So I think the the rugs and the wide receiver and the speed thing is real. But that doesn't guarantee the board is going to fall perfectly in the Broncos' favor. And that's why I think you're seeing some of these additional competing potential smoke screens come out when they are. That's my thing, because this presupposes that Jefferson lasts till 46, Chad. He won't. What if a run and wide receiver goes before that? The Broncos kick two third-round picks to get a tackle. Then you're left with one at wide receiver. So in this draft class, being so top-heavy but being so deep at the same time, if you love a guy like Henry Ruggs, get him first and then work your way down. Jefferson will not be there at 46, so then you're going to settle for what? An Ayuk? It's a huge 
talent disparity when you when you wait that far. So the Broncos cannot operate with any assumptions. They have to know who's going to be on the board, and if they love a guy, go out and get him. Make winning moves and help your football team. Yeah, there's in my opinion, there's next to zero chance that Jefferson is going to be on the board till forty six. Then again. Not many people saw Cortland Sutton sticking around till pick 40 two years ago. So, again, it comes back to the draft being extremely unpredictable. There's no way to forecast it. Nobody has a crystal ball. 32 different thought processes going into these selections. So, But just knowing what we know, most draft Knicks have Jefferson rated no lower than fourth in terms of the class at wide receiver. And I just think that that is going to end up being a late first Early, early second at worst for Jefferson. Terry, one of our Super Chat superstars jumping in from Canada, proving as always the Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being. He says, do you think Alexander Johnson can top 100 tackles and 15 tackles for a loss? Hashtag state of being. Well, let's take a quick look at what he finished with last year, Zach, which was 93 combined tackles. 42 of those were assists. As far as tackles for a loss, let me just eyeball that statistic. He had five. So to answer the question, and that wasn't he wasn't inserted as a starter till week five. So he missed a full quarter of the season as a starter. So my answer to that is yes, I'd be surprised if he doesn't get over triple digits in tackles this year. Tackles for a loss, that'll be a little bit more dependent and contingent on how big of a leap forward he takes this year. Is he going to be more of a force? Is he going to be right. – you know, more of a backfield penetrator in terms of sniffing things out. And we'll see. I think he has a good chance. Only time will tell. It, it To me, it comes down to who's lining up next to him, Chad. If it's Todd Davis, it's, it's going to hurt A.J. Johnson's, I think, production or his capabilities in this Denver scheme. But if they get a capable inside linebacker to start next to him, he can extrapolate those stats from last year that you just pointed out. And I think he would hit that mark. What we know now, regardless, is he is the future at inside linebacker. And just like having Drew Locke at quarterback, it's so nice to see a young upside player at a spot the Broncos have been struggling with for so long. Glenn jumping in. Super chat, superstar. Appreciate you, Glenn. Glenn. $5 super. He says, please do not change what you are doing. Anyone who tries to politicize and misconstrue any of your comments can find another community. What a joke. Hey, you know, I agree with you, to be honest with you, Glenn, as much as we appreciate and value every member of this listening community across all of the different platforms that this podcast exists, we appreciate everybody. But the problem is when it comes to politics, people are really sensitive, just generally speaking. And then you pipe into that the tensions that have existed over what's going on around us this last three, four weeks. And it only exacerbates it. And of course, you're also in an election year, so emotions are that much closer to the surface, Zach. Yeah, I was going to say on both sides of the aisle, there's political weaponization going on with everything. But Chad and I are going to stick to sports and stick to football, stick to the Broncos, what we know best. We're not going to make this a political discussion, but people are entitled to their beliefs. But as our Chad, as am I, it's just we're human beings. G.O.G. jumping in with a $10 super. Appreciate that, G.O. If you're on Twitter, be sure to let me know who you are so we can tag you says, I'm ready for football like yesterday. I'll settle for the draft and y'all news. Denver Broncos for life. Hashtag state of being in Boston. And he reminds you, smash the like button. Appreciate that, Gio. Boston, some uh, Broncos country in Boston. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you know, even if we weren't going through our situation that we're going through right now that has made the future cloudy and somewhat uncertain, 
we're sitting here, it's not even draft season. We're still a good three months away from training camp in a perfect world. So, Gio, you st- you know you still got a little time to wait, as we all do. We got to eat our hearts out waiting for football to roll around. But you can believe that we're going to try and help you get through that no matter how long it ends up taking. Again, the future is uncertain at this stage. But Zach and I and all the rest of the guys at MHH, we're going to be here to provide you this deep dive content each and every day, not only here on YouTube, but at milehighhuddle.com. Yeah, and uh, I would say to enjoy the draft because there's nothing to talk about after the draft until training camp, more than likely. So enjoy it. Enjoy the rumors leading up to it. And I know I'm enjoying it. We all need a distraction right now, and it's football. No one ever turns down more football. Ginger Ninja 88 on YouTube. Do you guys listen to The Fan in Denver? And if so, what's your favorite show? Mine is The Drive with DMAC and Tyler Palumbas. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. You know, I do tune in um, – you know, if I'm driving somewhere, I'm whatever, I'll either put on a podcast or I'll turn on and listen to some kind of talk radio. A lot of times it ends up being sports talk and I'll listen to the, to the fan without question. This might irritate some people, but again, beauty is in the eye of the beholder without question. In my opinion, DMAC is the best, most talented guy on their lineup. Obviously not a former player. He's a true, uh, you know, host. He's a, he's a true DJ. But DMAC, to me, whatever show he's on, and of course it's The Drive, and whoever his partner is for many, many years, it was Al, Big Al uh, Will, Williams from uh, this back-to-back Super Bowl champion teams. That ended up coming to an end as a partnership, and and I think Tyler, they, you know, they tried to work in uh, Nick Ferguson into The Drive and have it be a three-headed machine there, Zach, but the chemistry wasn't great, and uh, I don't know exactly what led to their decision to put Nick somewhere else, but yeah, he and Tyler Columbus are putting together a nice little rapport there. But, you know, the the one thing I do not uh, envy the radio guy, Zach, is, I mean, they have to sit and make hay all day long talking. I mean, they have three hours is a long time to fill, even talking Broncos, which we could do it and we would love to do it, but it's not easy. So that's one thing. Try and have a little bit of uh, sympathy on on the people you listen to on the radio. You might not agree with every take. Just keep in mind. It's a big uh, – they're biting off a lot trying to keep a full day's worth of listening full of compelling content. It's a grind, Chad. You and I can both attest to that. And uh, I can't say I'm an avid, you know, regular listener to the fan, but I know all the personalities there. And Broncos country on Twitter, the media, it's a small community. So we're all friendly with each other. We all know each other for the most part. And uh, a lot of talented people there doing talented things. We're checking out. The uh, underrated guy, I think, in their lineup is Zach By with Stokely which is the early afternoon show, guys. So check that out if you haven't. All right, let's see what else we've got here. Well, let's see what – well, I hit it. I clicked on Joseph, so let's just see what he has to say. Just think, two years ago, everybody was doing the same thing. What team should pick what player? And look, you you got guys like Philip Lindsay who come out of nowhere. So I I think he meant to say Elway needs to do whatever on the first pick. But uh, but yeah, there's your obligatory reminder, Zach, that Philip Lindsay, for an inexplicable reason, did not get drafted. Uh, he's he's proving and he's making 31 other teams regret that every single season. So it's uh, it worked out for the Broncos' benefit, Chad. All right, let me scroll up here. Let's grab Dylan real quick. Two dollars super. Appreciate okay. you, Dylan. If you are on Twitter, please reach out to us. Let us know what your handle is. He says, guys, what picks do you trade to get a second starter? To get a second starter, where? First round. 
Um, maybe two. The the most I would consider is two third round picks. That's the absolute most, and even that for me would be pushing it. If you could use one third rounder to get back in between your pick forty six and pick fifteen to get a starting caliber player out of the gates, that's something I would definitely consider. Yeah, like I said, the most I would do is surrender two of those third round picks. Anything more than that, it's giving up the farm, and there's no one in this draft class to give up the farm for. So, uh, two third rounders to move up either in the first round again or up earlier in the second round. Let's grab David with a $5 super. He says, appreciate you, Dave. He says, thanks for everything you guys do. I wanted to know what you guys think of the offensive lineman from Kansas State. By the way, Twitter handle is rocking K77. Let me let me hear you. That out, dude. Rocking K. Actually, I'll see that after the fact. So that one's good. Okay, good to know. I will be tagging you, my friend. And thanks for that information. He's talking about um, Scott France, who is the – gay tackle from Kansas State. He's he's gay, which is a, you know, some it hasn't worked out the greatest, Zach, in the, you know, the history of the NFL, openly gay players working out at the next level. Michael Sam's probably the most famous case of that. But this is a guy that played very well at Kansas State. He's probably going to end up being somewhere late, you know, day three, round five through round seven. There's a chance he might go on draft because he's openly you know, NFL teams are still maybe a little bit behind the times with regard to that whole thing. But nevertheless, he's a very talented player and he's close friends with Dalton Reisner. Of course, they are buddies. They, um, you know, they share dorms and all that. And they go way back. It would be a good chemistry. They they have chemistry together. I don't I don't even take into consideration in his evaluation that he's his sexual orientation. If he can help the Broncos out. I am all for selecting him, and, and the familiarity with Reisner helps. So good prospect to keep in mind in the middle rounds, Chad, as far as I'm concerned. I agree, and I think for players, sexual orientation is far less meaningful than it is for front office and coaches, You know, most of which are an older generation and a little bit farther behind the times. I think most players couldn't care less, like you said. It's what do you bring to the table on the gridiron. That's what matters most. Let me back up just for a second here, guys. I want to make sure I didn't miss anybody. It jumped from, let's see. Yep, it did pass flippant booch. Let's grab him real quick. I uh, hate having to do this, but it's better than not doing it at all. So let me hurry and grab booch up here, which, you know, that is, when we're talking about handles, that's a curious one. I'm, I'm, I am curious what that even means, my brother. He uh, jumps in with a $2 super. Appreciate that, my friend. He says, without offensive line, there is no run or passing game. We need offensive line, Zach. I've been saying, I mean, it doesn't matter who you have at wide receiver if you can't protect Drew Locke. So it's, again, it comes down to the first two premium picks the Broncos make. It has to go toward Drew Locke, a combination of wide receiver and offensive line. The players you can fill in, it's all subjective, but they have to devote their premium picks to helping out their young franchise quarterback. All right, let's grab Larry also jumping in. We're getting close to uh, our deadline. $5 super chat jumping back in. Appreciate you, Larry. He says, with the way things are right now, how concerned should we be about Bryce Callahan and that foot? He isn't able to meet with the team docs, or is he? Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. I think um, the only players who are allowed in the building, I think, are those seek- that need require still treatment in their rehab, and that includes, I think, I could be wrong on this, Bradley Chubb in terms of, and I would ostensibly, if he's still doing his rehab, I think that would include Bryce Callahan. Don't quote me on that, but even if they're not allowed in the building, you guys, what we've been told by the team brass, including Vic Fangio is that they, before all this, you know, what hit the fan, 
he was fully expected to be ready to go by OTAs, was Callahan. So read into that what you will. But regardless, this is one of those situations, Zach, that we just you can't hang your hat on it till it comes out in the wash. Until he actually is on the field and playing, you can't count on his presence. All bets are off. I mean, he had a whole year off, though. He's not healthy by now, Chad. He has bigger issues than just football. I mean, his foot's probably messed up permanently. I mean, how much more time does he need to rehab it? I, I understand the need to see him on the field, but all this inactivity, he's all this rehab time. I'm sure he has his own workout plan, his own doctors who he can talk to. His foot should be close to 100%. We should not even hear about it this season. If there's any mention of his foot coming up again, we know he's a lemon, a $21 million lemon. Corey jumping in with a $10 super. Appreciate you, my friend. If you are on Twitter, please reach out. Let me know your handle. He says, I played around with draft values today, and I think moving to 10th overall makes some sense. Probably guarantees that we get one of the big three wide receivers. Can't see them going any higher too costly. It cuts off what he, the rest of his uh, statement there. But what did you see in terms of draft value, Corey? What did your analysis and research show? Because I think it takes on the draft value chart, you're probably at least two third round picks to get from 15 to 10. Mm. I mean, that's what it cost. Well, it was 20 for Pittsburgh to go from 20 to 10 last year. It was two third round picks that. I don't know that I would do that though, because there's still a really good chance that one of the big three wide receivers will fall to the Broncos either way at 15. This whole smokescreen, which I think it is about moving the 10 for a tackle, would be Elway trying to get teams in front of him to take those tackles so the receivers fall to the Broncos. To move up to 10, it's too cost prohibitive. I move up to maybe 13 or 12, maybe one third round pick for a Henry Ruggs. Other than that, though, I think it's just bad business in a really stacked draft class. Brian Bowman jumping in with a $5 super. Appreciate that, Brian. And if you're one of those on Twitter as well, reach out, let us know your handle. He says, Zach for president, love you guys. Appreciate that, brother. We love you too. Let's uh, – Elberman 2020. <laughs> That's right. <clears throat> Let's grab Manny, who jumps in with a $10 super. Thank you, Manny. He says, I was looking at Elway's draft picks in rounds two and three, and he has not had a whole lot of success. In your guys' opinion, who could they draft in those rounds to make uh, them a success? All right, so – it's true, especially in the third round and the second, to be honest with you. Demarcus Walker, borderline bust. We'll see. I'm not saying that yet. Borderline. He's on his way there. If he doesn't turn the ship around, show some something in this contract here. Adam Gotsis, that was a second-round bust, even though he became a starter, eventually lost his starting gig. Cody Latimer, Monte Ball, Brock Osweiler. Orlando Franklin was a good second-round pick. Uh, Raheem Moore going way back to 2011 along with with uh, Orlando third round you've got shining examples like Justin Simmons but then you've got your Isaac Adams and you've got your uh, Brendan Langley's and the like so yes day two has not been Elway's sweet spot in fact comparatively that's probably if you break the draft down into three areas first round day two and day three day two has been that blind spot I mean Cortland Sutton was a hit in the second round but Drew Locke, I think Dalton Reisner, those three will all end up being hits for Elway, starting to kind of turn the ship around. But still, who who do you think, in, to answer Manny's question, who do you like in those rounds that could maybe help keep this momentum that he's had these last couple uh, drafts? Well, Carlos Henderson, another third-round bust for the Broncos, more of Elway's blemishes on his track record. But I think you can go with a pretty safe pick, Chad. That would be a lineman to me in the second round. Someone like Cushenberry 
or Ruiz in the second. That'd be a safe day one instant impact starter like a riser was last year. In the, in the day two, day three picks, you want to look for the safer players. You want to look for the four-year contributors, the team captains, less projects like the Marcus Walker and the Adam Gossis and more of the established Josie Jewell types or Draymond Jones types. Um, the third, second, third round, I'm looking still at a lineman, but then you go into inside linebacker, ADG, someone like him, uh, a, a corner, a Lucas Niang, another uh, offensive lineman. You want to look for safe players. And in my money, in the second round, they go receiver at one. The second round has to be offensive lineman. So my answer is Cushenberry, Ruiz, or Lucas Niang along the line. Corey jumping in with a 99-cent super. Appreciate that, Corey. That means the world to us, my friend. Even though I don't see a question there, we'll look for you in the comment stream. Let's also grab Freddie here that it skipped over. He says, with the $10 super. Wow, thanks, Freddie. And if you're on Twitter, Freddie, let us know what your handle is. He says, where would you stack Locke versus this year's first-round quarterbacks? Where did he rank? Oh. Uh, where did he rank last season in your mock? Keep up the good work. Hashtag not on Twitter. Okay, hashtag Denver Broncos for life. All right, Freddie. Um, so last year, I'm trying to think. Um, this podcast is pretty well on record as being big on Drew Locke pre-draft last year. I liked him more than from a from a skill set perspective. He was, for me, I think it was right behind Kyler Murray. I have to go back and check my notes, but I think that plays out. Like, I liked him better than Daniel Jones. I liked him better than Dwayne Haskins. This year, Zach, uh, we've we've addressed this in a different way. As good as Joe Burrow is, like right now, if the Broncos had a chance to grab Joe Burrow, I'm not doing that. I know that sounds like crazy because the juggernaut that LSU was, but in my opinion, Joe Burrow is a one-year wonder, and those quarterbacks really scare me. They just do. I don't see, and Justin Herbert would probably come the closest to making me kind of do a double take on Locke. However, there are some, even though he's a great character guy, Justin Herbert, I wonder about his leadership style. He's very kind of quiet and timid, and at least that's how he comes off and when, the way he presents himself. Who knows what, how it is in the locker room, but from what I've heard, it's not a whole heck of a lot different. So I think right now the Broncos, based on that five-game sample, it's also a little something that has to do, Zach, with – one in the hand being worth two in the bush. Yeah, Locke was my favorite quarterback last year, Chad. That's why I was resigning myself to the Broncos taking him at 10. I mean, I would have been okay with that. Uh, this year, I'm not crazy high on Joe Burrow. I think he had one really, really phenomenal year, but the track record isn't there. I'm not a big fan of, of Love or Herbert. I would put Drew Locke uh, right behind Tua. I'm a fan of Tua. I like his dual threat ability. I think he's going to have a really good professional career, even with the Dolphins. Um, but I would put Locke right up there. I would take him certainly over Joe Burrow and over Justin Herbert and Jordan Love. I, maybe more than other people, are higher on Locke's, Locke's potential in the NFL. All right. Let's grab Mile High Truth here and then rapid fire through our remaining Super Chats. We don't want to leave anyone out in the cold. Mile High Truth jumping in, $2 super. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, how does Ruggs compare to Brandon Cooks coming out of college? Honestly, I think Ruggs is and will be a much more explosive and dynamic player than Cooks. Cooks, you know, look, he's he's a fine receiver, but he's mostly that deep threat in terms of underneath stuff and um, open field, busting tackles. You don't see a lot of that. He wins with his speed, and not that that's not important, but that's kind of – his element. I think Ruggs is a more multifaceted talent in that respect. He can do the same things that Cooks does and then some. Yeah, I think uh, Brandon Cooks is the player that some fans are uh, worrying that uh, Henry Ruggs is going to develop into. I don't think that worry 
is uh, realistic. I think he's a better prospect. He has better hands. He, he has a better route tree. He, he has a more natural feel on the field. I just like him a lot better than Brandon Cooks, and I think he'll have a much better career as a complete wide receiver. Look at Tyree Kilchad. For a couple of years in the NFL, he was known as just a speed guy. Last year, he was surprising everyone. He was going up and making contested catches. Re- receivers can learn to do more things. So if Ruggs is just fast for now, that doesn't mean he can't learn to have better use of his hands or better body control going forward. He's going to be a complete all-around star receiver in the NFL. Derek jumps in with a $5 super. Did we already grab? Maybe it was a different super. But anyway, thank you for that, Derek. If you're on Twitter, let us know. One thing to consider is the roster pretty full, certainly not using all those picks. Yeah, there is a legitimate question. Can you fit 10 selections onto this roster? Like who's, you know, I think in most years, this is a team that really there's only two or three roster spots up for grab on an average year. But this is still a team climbing out of the cellar. So all bets are off on each and every depth chart. The bottom two guys have to justify their position and they're going to have to compete with somebody. But I think you're right, and that's one of the reasons why ultimately, Zach, they might not end up making all 10 picks, but I still think they need to make as many of them as possible to give themselves the best chance to hit. Yeah, fitting those players on the roster and under the salary cap as well, 10 additional players, and the Broncos are kind of you know a little tight on money right now. So I'd be really, really surprised they made all 10 picks, but they'll make a majority of those, probably seven or eight. JT jumping back in, cleared up my comment above. Thanks, guys. No problemo. Appreciate you. JT Music. Check out JT Music if you can find it. I assume you make music of some sort out there, buddy. So you guys check it out. Dave D and Callie jumping in, $5 super. Appreciate you, Dave. Um, Denver Broncos need to get this draft right to keep the team moving forward. A bust would be a real nightmare. Hashtag I bleed orange and blue. Very cool, Dave. And if you're on Twitter, let us know, by the way. And, yeah, this is an important draft, Zach. It's um, a potential franchise-altering draft because Elway is operating with a franchise quarterback in mind. This is what's going to separate the Broncos from being 7-9, 8-8 to being 9-7, 10-6. So this is going to be uh, all or nothing, I think, for Elway. Yep, that's the plan, Tony. Brandon Perna going to join the show Wednesday night, so look forward to that. Uh, talk to him today and things can always change. Things come up in life, as you guys know, but that's the plan. Let's grab Kiakolo Paconia. Sorry if I butchered the pronunciation of your name, my friend. Appreciate that $10 super. And if you're on Twitter, let us know your handle. What's your thoughts on getting Natane Muti or Mutai, however you pronounce his last name, or Logan Stenberg in the third to play right guard and keeping Glasgow at center? Broncos country running wild in Hawaii. Oh, that's cool, man. You and our friend Dale out there in Hawaii. What's your answer for Kia Kiyokolo? That's a cool name, dude. I'm jealous. That's better than Chad. I'll tell you what. But what's your answer for him, Zach? I can't say I'm I'm extremely well versed in either prospect, Chad. But I, my first inclination is not to wait till the third round to address the offensive line. Again, I'll say it. You got to target premium players to help out Drew Lock. I would not wait personally until the third to fill a starting center or starting right guard spot. I know uh, Muti is very raw, but he has some tremendous athletic upside. He's a guy that could end up being, you know, a sneaky long-term starter, one of the better players to come out, or he could end up being a complete bust. He's still very raw. And Stenberg's a solid third round, maybe a little later in a perfect world. But, uh, yeah, I echo Zach that you probably want to get 
your offensive line short up if you can. I mean, I don't know, first round, second round, third round, as long as you're using those top 100 picks, I think you'll be okay. All right, let me see here, Zach. We're going to have to really mosey through. Super Chat has just been phenomenal tonight. And you know how we feel about keeping any of our superstars in the cold. So let's rapid fire through these in a literal sense. Um, I think it even skipped some people. So let me grab, I think it was Jake. Jake, if you're on Twitter, let me know. Jumping in $5 super. We appreciate you, my friend. He says, I believe we should draft two corners on in the draft on day two and three, just because we don't know if Callahan will do next year. And I don't believe in Isaac Yadam also. Your thoughts, Zach? I wouldn't go back to back, but I would surely double up at the position. My preference was to sign a Mukamara and draft a cornerback. But yeah, they need probably two players, but I'm waiting until the third more than likely to address that spot, Chad. I would be okay with it, but I think if it shakes out with the Broncos getting two corners, you're going to see one probably day one, early day two, and then one later in the draft. But coming away with two, you just, you're right. You don't know what you have in Callahan. You don't know for sure that Bouye is going to be the player you think he's going to be. And Devontae Bosby, he showed a lot last year in those two starts, but still so much unknown. This is a really sketchy position for the Broncos. Even if you believe that A.J. Bouye is the truth, you need some depth there. All right, let me see here. Rick James, we skipped real quick. Zach, let me grab him. It went over uh, – actually, let's grab Damian first. Excuse me, $5 super. Appreciate that, bro. And also, I don't know your Twitter handle, so let me know. He says, let the haters hate. This draft is deep with good receivers. A lot of receivers that are in the league now are day two and day three picks, Zach, which is true. I mean, look at Cortland Sutton, day two pick. It's, again, the most objective position. I can recall, Chad, in recent memory, this draft class at wide receiver, it's you're either wanting one in 15 or you want the Broncos to wait until the second or third round. We all have our opinions on the subject. Try it. All right, let's grab Rick here. $5 super. Thank you, Rick. If you're on Twitter, let us know what your handle is. He says, we should move up to get Isaiah Simmons and use the three third-round picks to get a wide receiver. Drew Locke will make our wide receivers better. He proved it versus Detroit. That's a good point in terms of if he's really a franchise caliber guy, franchise quarterbacks elevate the play of their skill position players around them. Look at what Drew Locke did. I mean, Demarius Thomas, to be honest with you, he was flirting with the possibility of being a bust. Not quite, That's maybe too extreme, but he was not playing at a first-rounder level. And part of that, I guess, is because Tim Tebow was his quarterback in year two, and he had an injury in year one as a rookie. But still, when you saw Peyton Manning arrive, both De- uh, Eric Decker and Thomas catapulted into 1,000-yard, 70-plus catch receivers. That's what a true franchise guy can do for the talent around him. So there is something to be said for that, Zach. I just don't understand the question because if you move up for Simmons, it's going to cost those third-rounders. They wouldn't have more third-rounders on top of that. So it's uh, you're going to gamble and go get your Simmons-type player for defense and then chance it in the second round, and what if no receivers were left? It's just, again, it's bad business. Simmons would be a luxury, not a necessity. A wide receiver, too, is a necessity. A starting center is a necessity. Well said. Gio jumping back in. Appreciate that, my brother. $5 super. Keep being awesome, fellas. Y'all enjoy the rest of your night. And to you as well, my friend. Larry as well, jumping back in. $2 super. Appreciate you, Larry. He says, thoughts on the Michigan wide receiver. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones is his name. And he is a really good wideout. If the Broncos ended up with him late day two, I'd be okay with that. He's a really good receiver. Go, You guys, when you get off this podcast, Google finding Broncos, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and read Eric Trickle's breakdown on him, how he would fit. 
Zach, he's kind of a poor man's Demarius Thomas, a poor man's Demarius Thomas, but that still brings a lot to the table. He's not going to solve all your problems like maybe a Ruggs, Judy, or, or Lamb would, but he would definitely be an upgrade to the group. Yeah, I mean, but you have Sutton, who's a possession receiver, Tim Patrick, Deshaun Hamilton. You're good on possession, guys. Juwan Winfrey, you don't have that speed guy. If it was Ruggs in the first and Peoples-Jones in the third or fourth, I can get on board with that. But if it's Peoples-Jones as your only wide receiver in this draft class, the Broncos fail at their objective of getting speed for this offense. I like him, but he's more of a, an add-on, a secondary addition, than he is a guy you want to lean on as, the, as a staple of this draft class. From the MHH mountaintop, Brian jumping in, one of our true superstars. Appreciate that, my friend. Brian. He says, 10 days and counting. That's right. The draft will be here soon, guys. And thank, thank the football gods that the NFL has chosen to continue with free agency and the draft, man, because where would we be without that? King Hicks jumping back in as well. Appreciate that. Okay. If you're on Twitter, let me know what your handle is, by the way, King Hicks. He says, you guys rock. Chad and Zach Rule, hashtag MHH number one. Heck yeah, baby. I'm right behind you on that. Uh, Jeff jumping in. Appreciate that, my friend. He says people forget Ruggs' TD percentage when he has the rock. Zach, that's something you spoke to earlier in the pod. Yep, a fourth of his touches go for touchdowns. Why wouldn't you want that guy playing next to Cortland Sutton with a Drew Lock-led offense? It's just too good. David jumping back in with a $10 super. Thanks, David. He says, wanted to ask why you guys think uh, Rosen has fallen off the face of the earth so much. Seems like he never really got a chance. It's true that he never did really get the chance that most first round quarterbacks get. But I think part of that is that he's, he's like Jay Cutler on a bad day. Like that's his mood that he kind of puts off to people. And I think the Cardinals felt like they could maybe, maybe some of the things they'd heard about him were overblown, but once they got into the building, that they realized there's some there there in terms of his personality rubbed his teammates wrong. And then he did get on the field way too early because of the Cardinals being in a terrible situation. And he just got the living snot beat out of him behind that offensive line. I mean, remember what the Broncos did to him in 2018. I mean, they brutalized Josh Rosen. And so he didn't have, I think the most fair uh, first two years in the league, Zach, but at the same time, there's some aspects to his own, I mean, he he affected that himself. I mean, they, it was he, he's not a pure victim in this scenario. You hit on it, Chad. It's David Carr syndrome. The Cardinals ruined the guy. They, they uh, subjected him to too many hits, too many sacks. It, it made him tentative. He saw ghosts in the pocket. They ruined him as a prospect, and he wasn't that of a sure thing coming out of college. He needed to be put in a proper offensive system and develop the right way. The Cardinals cannot have botched him anymore, and he'll never recover from that. It sucks for Rosen, but uh, that's the way the NFL goes. He got some money. He got a you know a first round contract and you try to make the best of it. All right, guys. So many supers stacking up here. Brian jumping back in. Appreciate you, Brian. He says missed the last couple of pods. Uh, did did see someone comparing Demarius and Decker to C.D. Lamb and Sutton? I got to laugh. Thomas isn't even close to Sutton. I I agree that Sutton's probably going to end up. I think on his own merit, Sutton's probably found a way to create for himself more. So it took a MVP caliber quarterback to bring out the Demarius Thomas that we all came to know and love. But at the same time, Brian, I would pump the brakes on disparaging DT too much because there's a reason he was a first round pick. His height, you know, height, weight, speed, triple combination was pretty unique, especially in his time. 
Exactly. He was Cortland Sutton for his time, Chad Demarius Thomas, and he was a great player for the Broncos. But I said it on yesterday's pod as well. I think Cortland Sutton is the better receiver when it's all said and done. When you stack up their qualities and their intangibles and tangibles, better hand. He's a better, for me, a better route runner. He's more of an explosive wide receiver. Uh, he's just going to have a better career arc, I believe, than Demarius Thomas. But you don't have to disparage one to complement the other. Brian jumps back in. Appreciate you, Brian. He says, I honestly think if we do go wide receiver at 15 and we get a top wide receiver, Hamilton might benefit the most from it. Laugh, but it's very possible. I think, yeah, I mean, if you have a dynamic one and two, that's going to draw attention. It gives an opportunity for Hamilton working from the slot to make some Hayzak. Stands to reason. He has to work on his hands. If he can get that down and be consistent, he'll get some playing time for sure. Casey jumping in with a $10 super. Thank you, Casey. If you're on uh, Twitter, let us know your handle. He says, how is Yadam uh, on the team still? No flame. Denver is going to hit a wild card and shock some people. Love the optimism. We're an optimistic podcast, Casey. But uh, Yadam, don't be surprised if they end up trying him out at safety this year, Zach. In the best case scenario, either way, Chad, he's the number four cornerback at most. So the Broncos won't be relying on him like they did last year, and they can kind of hide his shortcomings, of which there are many. All right, last one, guys, and then we got to get out of here for tonight from Damian jumping back in. We appreciate you, Damian, more than we can say. He says, if we don't get the speed needed to compete with Kansas City, which linebacker is getting coverage? There are a few. Um, the ones at the top of the draft included, like Kenneth Murray and Patrick Queen from LSU and Oklahoma, respectively. Also, you've got ADG, Akeem Davis-Gaither, Logan Wilson from up in uh, Wyoming, um, Troy Dye maybe. There, there are a few options in terms of that coverage, athletic speed linebacker. I mean, ADG for me really just checks all the box, boxes in terms of value and the skill set and what he brings to the table. I think you can get him with one of those three third-round picks and he could do a lot to help out in that department. If you want the best in, you know, linebacking prospect and coverage, Isaiah Simmons is your man, but he's not a realistic option for Denver. But right. I'm, with, I'm, I'm with Shad. ADG is my pick in the third round or so, and that's a pretty high round I would take him considering you guys know my stance on the offense. I, I like ADG a lot. And the Broncos, that's the only missing piece of this defense is finding an inside linebacker to replace Todd Davis and can cover some tight ends and running backs. If they can just nail that down, their defense is complete. Guys, that's going to do it for today's episode of the Huddle Up Podcast. We appreciate each and every one of you joining us on the for this show, whether you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, wherever you're watching, we appreciate you joining us. It's a Mile High salute to our Super Chat superstars. Thank you so much for supporting Mile High Huddle on YouTube. A gentle reminder, and this is only if you're in a position, check out huddleuppod.com where they you can get one of these hats, you can get a hoodie, you can get a T-shirt, you can get a tank top. There's stuff for men. There's stuff for women. Anything you like. It's another way that you can support what we're doing here. But make sure for sure that you're absolutely following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, and then also at Mile High Huddle. And while you're at it, my partner here, Zach Kelberman, at KelbermanNFL, and myself, at Chad N. Jensen. And then stay tuned, guys, because we're off tomorrow. You'll get building the Broncos. And then we'll be back in the saddle Wednesday night, and um, we'll have Brandon Perna. We'll have a fun conversation, see what some of his thoughts are on these rumors and what he wants to see the Broncos do uh, in next week's drafts. But uh, until then, Zach, have a great start to your week, my brother. You as well, Chad. I will see you Wednesday. And we had a question about Tony wants to know, how can we get a shirt? Is there a website? Yes, huddleuppod.com. It's your one-stop shop. We'll be adding more products very soon. And I'll be sure to keep a lookout for that. 
And I said it better myself, guys. For Zach, I'm Chad. Have a great start to your week, and we'll see you Wednesday night, 615 Mountain, 815 Eastern. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.